Hey everybody, this is Jeremy with the Manor Park Podcast. This podcast covers rape and pedophilia cases, as well as highlight organizations that make it their mission in this world to fight for children. I appreciate you clicking on to my podcast and listening to these episodes. I also have survivor interviews that I share as well, which can be very graphic and heavy. But it's much needed to be heard in this day and age. Because, like a lot of people, I myself was not aware of how troubling and how deep this issue really was. Until I started hearing survivors and listening to the heinous and horrific things they went through. So thank you for clicking on this podcast and listening to these stories. While I know they're deep and disturbing, we need to know what goes on with the victims and survivors and what they went through. So that we can try to identify the problem. And then we can figure out how to solve the problem. My podcast is not for the light of heart. It's not for the faint-hearted at all. It's not for anybody with a weak stomach. These stories will change you mentally. They will make you question your faith. They will make you wonder, why is it that the systems that are in place do not protect children and do not give justice to survivors? And that's what I want it to do. I want it to make you think. I want it to make you go and be curious enough to do the research as well. And to go out there and seek the answers and find the truth to all of this. Because somebody has to. I myself is just a man who was tired of seeing these babies being harmed. And from there, it grew. And I found out so many different traumas that I never knew existed. So thank you for joining me on this journey. Thank you for clicking on this episode. Thank you for supporting me. It does mean a lot, and it's much appreciated. And I'm glad to know that since I've started this journey, there are so many individuals out there that care about protecting children and helping survivors like I do. With that, here's the latest episode. Warning. The cases that I talk about here are under the assumption that the individuals that are accused allegedly committed these crimes unless they have been convicted in court for the tri- for the crimes that they have been charged with. This is by no means me making any kind of accusations whatsoever. I am simply commenting on news articles and stories that have been shared with me through individuals who may or may not have experienced these said stories. This is not fact. This is purely my opinion unless they have been through court and they have been convicted please understand that moving forward thank you trigger warning the podcast you're about to listen to may contain sexual and violent acts committed against men women and children if such acts offend you in any way please do not listen any further this podcast was made for an audience of 18 years and older and contains mature and explicit content. Also, this podcast may also contain a high level of profanity and explicit language. If such things offend you in any way, shape, or form, please do not listen to the podcast any further. This is your last trigger warning. If anything that I mentioned above offend you please do not listen thank you hey everybody this is jeremy with the man apart podcast this is going to be episode 49 titled stuck in time nicole wasserlishen
So I met Nicole or Nikki from TikTok. Just happened to scroll through my For You feed, like some of my other interviews I've done. And I came across a video she did where she was, basically the video was about a podcast that she was going to be on. And my buddy David Keck, Surviving Abuse, was written up on there. First thing I saw, I was like, oh, okay, let me look at this. Looked at it and I started uh, seeing her have all these other podcasts posted on there. So I commented and said, well, you know, David's got a really good podcast and... You know, he's a good guy, so that's a great one to be on. And then she commented back, said, well, she said, well, you have a podcast, can I be on yours? Uh, you know, I'm trying to spread awareness about my mother's cold case murder. Now, y'all, I don't normally do murder cases unless it has to involve a child. However, um, Nicole is the child of a murder victim. And that's something that people really don't talk a lot about, right? As far as what it's like to grow up without your mother. I'm sure there's stories like that out there. But with, especially with a cold case like this. So I got to talking to her. We you know, we talked on the phone a little bit as well. She told me how, how the story was with her mom. And you're going to hear about it all in the interview. And it just gave me the Courtney Coco you know, murder trial vibes, right? If y'all don't know who that is. Woody Overton, Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. He was a former detective of Livingston Parish. And he, after, when he started his podcast back in 2019, uh, maybe a year or so into it, he got, he relooked a case that he was looking into years prior about Courtney Coco. It was a cold case murder case. And he solved it with the help of what he calls lifers which is his fans that he gives an affectionate term for and was able to bring, you know, David Anthony Burns to justice. I mentioned that in the podcast as well in the episode or the interview, I mean, and so it was very parallel to it. Now I obviously am not a detective. I am not somebody that goes around solving cold case murders. I don't think I'll be able to solve the case of, you know, Stephanie, AKA Stacy Washalition of Sedona, Arizona. I don't think I'll be able to. However, I believe in putting the story out there so that it can be picked up on a national stage and some pressure can be done to getting this case resolved because ultimately what Nikki wants is justice for her mother. Whether or not the boyfriend did it or not, that's a whole other story. That's for investigators to actually investigate. I had theories that I, I, I told her as I was listening to the story, as I was listening to her tell me the events. I am by no means, way, shape, or form in law enforcement. All right? I'm a truck driver. That's what I am. However, I'm a human being. I have a mind. And I use my mind to the best of my ability. So if you laugh at, at, at my techniques, that is fine. You can critique them. You can criticize them. Anybody that's in law enforcement, if you think I'm a joke... That's fine, too. I'm not here to solve the case. I would actually would hope that anybody that is in law enforcement would listen to this interview and be able to talk to this lady and maybe give their advice as well. I'm not here to sensationalize this. I'm not here to get famous off of it or anything like that. And I'm not even at all indicating or insinuating that Woody Overton did it as well with Courtney Coco's case. 
I mentioned about it because I even explained to her in the interview how Woody was able to get justice for Courtney Coco and for Miss Stephanie, her mama. And this is kind of a little bit of a reversal. This is the this is the daughter trying to get justice for her mother. Thirty years, y'all. Thirty years. Nobody has been brought to justice. There is a murderer out there who has been free for thirty years. Okay? The autopsy was ruled as a homicide. Okay? Somebody killed and murdered Nicole's mama. 30 years. That's 30 Christmases. That's 30 Thanksgivings. That is 30 birthdays that she missed. This woman had, you know, a career. This woman had a life. She had a daughter, a daughter whom she loved. And that was all taken away with a single bullet from a 44 Magnum. All right. A 44 revolver. A Remington Red Hawk. So, yeah, it's, um, it's very new for me. I, I'm not used to doing these type of stories or interviews or cases or anything like that. So I'm not going to get everything right. I know that. And I hope that you listen though. When we start off in the interview, I do ask her what it was like growing up without her mother. And this, in that part of the interview she gets very emotional. Nikki gets, you know, starts crying and have and a little bit of breaking down emotionally. It doesn't it, look. It doesn't go forever. However, she does explain the dynamics that she had with her father, and while her father didn't, you know, molest her, or harm her, or anything like that in any kind of heinous way, it wasn't the best, most warming, loving relationship they had either. In fact, I'll give you this snippet right now. Father told her that she was useless and worthless after knowing what she's doing for her mother. That broke my heart. This woman's out here trying her damnedest. She ain't looking for fame. She ain't looking for money. She's looking for justice for her mother. For 30 years, y'all. Could you imagine that? You go 30 years of your life knowing your mother was murdered. And you have a good idea who did it. And they won't even lift a finger to investigate. I think that would piss off anybody. And while Nikki's not anti-cop. She can't obviously, you know, not see what's going on. I mean, you get dicked around for 30 years by, by your police department. And basically what it looks like. The optics of it is that it looks like they don't give a shit. I mean, what do you expect this woman to do? To not say something? To not speak up? To not use her voice? No. This woman is a freaking warrior who is shouting from the rooftops about her mama's story so that it can be looked at. She wants justice. And I have to commend somebody like that. Imagine spending the last three years of your life trying to get justice for your mother. Right or a family member that got killed. So I think back on all these other stories I know, and then I I, I look at Nikki and I'm just like, man. So this is my interview with Nikki, and I hope y'all get to 
listen to it all the way through. Now I will give y'all a bit of a uh, a technical issue that I had in the recording process and everything. I hope it comes out a little more balanced out when it when the air when this episode drops and airs. Um, there's a little bit of a volume issue. All right, my volume's real loud and clear. Hers gets a little low, and I know that's annoying as shit. All right, I know it is. I'm trying to work with with Spotify on it and bring that to their attention. Hey, we need to be able to do something with it because I can't control her volume. She, you know, and and make it to where it matches my volume level on the episode. So please bear with me on that, y'all. I I understand it's frustrating. The story is important, and something needs to be done. And I just I I told Nikki I'd grab her hand and I'd give whatever hand of help I can give to somebody. And that's what I did. And I hope the story does push through and here's the right people. I hope that you, the listener, will share the story out, put it on your socials, put it all on on your socials for people to hear. Not to make me famous or anything like that, to help Nikki. I give a fuck less about fame. I give a fuck less about money. Uh, Not to say I'm rich or anything like that, but I'm not after this. That's not what I'm about, and that's not what I care about in this world. I see a lot of miserable people that are rich, and I see a lot of miserable people that are famous. So if you're thinking I'm wanting that shit, nah. This is my labor of love, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help survivors, and I'm going to help people who survive different traumas and who are going through different traumas. And if you don't think losing your mother 30 years ago and her homicide never gets solved isn't traumatic... Uh, think again so anyway I appreciate y'all tuning in to every episode the people that listen to each and every single episode interview I've done thank you from the bottom of my heart I appreciate you anyway without further ado here's my interview with Nicole Wasserlishan hey everybody so this is going to be my interview with Nikki Wasserlin and She's going to talk about her mother's cold case murder that happened in 1993 over in Sedona, Arizona. So, Nikki, I'm going to let you go ahead and just start from the beginning, and we'll we'll, we'll go from there. Ooh, okay, so I'll do a really quick rendition. Uh, first of all, thank you, Jeremy, for having me on. I really appreciate you helping me out and spreading my mother's message. So You're I welcome. just wanted to do that. Okay, so I was 10 years old. It's 30 years this year that I I kissed my mom goodnight on a July 8th, 1993, a summer night, and I went to bed. Three hours later, I'll be awoken by the Sedona Police Department and escorted from my home because my mom was now dead in her bedroom, dead from a domestic violence altercation with her boyfriend. Um, It's been 30 years, and there have never been any charges pressed against the man that murdered my mother. Uh, He claims that my mother shot at him and then attempted to shoot herself but they struggled over the gun and the gun went off making it an accident and that is how he's gotten away with murder for 30 years but the Sedona Police Department hasn't really done complete investigating because the night of my mother's murder she actually planned on leaving this relationship and as you know the most dangerous time for a woman in a relationship is right after she decides to leave it and she never actually got to leave and 15% of all violent crime is done by a domestic spouse. And my mom became a statistic. And unfortunately, the man is just walking the city streets free. So that's the short end of the stick there. Oh, yeah. I actually uh, just covered recently and put uh, just dropped it uh, the Friday before this recording. 
uh, a domestic violence case. And this one actually had a, you know, this, this story though had a happy ending. This one though, this is a domestic violence. This is one of the many domestic violence cases that I, that I know about that does not have a happy ending. And, um, I, you know, it, it when I, so how I came across you was I was on TikTok, you know, I love that app. <laughs> and I saw that you did a video where you was writing down you was going to be on surviving abuse with David Keck. Now I know David Keck from the from the troubled teen industry survivors, and David's a wonderful man. Um, known him for a little while and everything like that. He you know in in what his podcast is about. So if y'all don't if anybody's listening, go check out surviving abuse with David Keck as well. But I saw that and I was like, okay, you're going to be on David's podcast. That's great. And I just made a little comment going, well, you know, he's a good guy, and then. You just, you know, you jumped on and, and just said, Hey, you want to, you know, you want to interview? I said, sure. Why not? You know I mean? I, I, I'm willing to help anybody. And normally I don't cover, you know, cold case murders or anything like that. Most of my cases center around, um, you know, survivor interviews and stories of rape, pedophilia, domestic violence, all those different types of traumas. But this is one of those traumas that came from it. And so I'm, I'm more than happy and more than willing to share, share your mom's story and to help you out as well. Cause I, I see you out there and I see you uh, fighting hard for your mama. And, um, you know, first off, I just want to acknowledge, you know, props to you on that one, because you're doing something that a lot of people are kind of scared to do. And we talked about that on the phone and everything as well. Um, you had a lot of things happening to you since you've been trying to bring your mom's story to the forefront. Uh, you want to talk about some of the things that maybe you might've went through, uh, things that are happening right now and, and, and that sort of nature. Oh, it has been a roller coaster, Jeremy. Just starting with just the investigator having a complete lack of interest and in wanting to interview me when, you know, I've, I've held some crucial information. You know, I grew up with the man that that she was planning to leave Russell for. So my dad's stories never changed. So when I saw the case file, you know, two years ago and, and I saw the, the investigator's account, they had no idea about the phone call with my dad. Like she she had that 107 minute phone call with my dad planning to leave. And, and that, that email from the investigator just spiraled me out of control and changed my whole life. So I went from a small business owner to a Nancy Drew essentially that day. And in the last two years, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I really, I started clueless and it has been a terrifying endeavor doing this. And I just started reaching out to journalists and then the journalists were telling me to get on TikTok. And I knew TikTok as a little kid dancing app and I, I didn't believe it and I disregarded the first journalist and I disregarded some other people and it took my best friend to tell me that yeah it's gonna take TikTok because a lady that we worked with at TGI Fridays did the same thing he was like you gotta talk to Sarah Turney and I was like why he goes Sarah Turney solved her sister's murder and this was a girl we worked with and I look up this girl that were friends on Facebook and sure enough she did this so I'm just simulating, like, this is a blueprint from, I picked it up from Sarah Turney. I was clueless, Jeremy. So I, yeah. I didn't know what to do. And it took getting on TikTok. And then from getting on TikTok, I got on Fox News. And then Fox News, I had one podcast and then a second podcast. And now I think you're number 13 or 14. And I'm, I'm happy to announce that about a week ago, a documentary film studio, 314 Bird Studios, signed up to do a documentary on my mom's murder. So there's a lot going on in the media and spreading awareness, but there's not much going on with the police investigation that I know of because, you know, he's still out there walking free. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, speaking of other people getting their, you know, murder solved and everything like that, I think one, uh, one reason I, I know that this does, this does help 
is because I was telling you about, you know, Woody Overton, real life, real crime, right? Mm-hmm. He's and he and he's from the area that I live in. He has like a an award winning podcast. In fact, I think like a week or two ago, it went number one globally in different uh, in different sections, like an Apple Podcast. Well, anyway, whatnot. But um, he's famous now for helping solve the case of Courtney Coco, which was an eighteen year old cold case murder case that he that um he worked on and everything like that for a few years in fact um it was the family that reached out to him that he knew and everything like that and and he wanted to work on it before he had his podcast but then when he when he got his podcast and had a lot of people willing to help him with different cases and whatnot uh he was able to kind of crowdsource and use uh the tips and, and and help from other people that had the knowledge and everything like that as well to try to help get this, um, get David Anthony Burns, the man that killed Courtney Coco sent to, to life in prison over in Angola now. So it, it does help. It does work. And, and you're right. It's a blueprint. Um, yeah. For some reason, you know, social media, it, it, it's a blessing and a curse and it can help do a lot of wonderful things. And TikTok is definitely a great uh, app as well, because I, I, like you, I was under the mindset too, as a bunch of kids dancing and lip syncing and everything, which is really originally what it was for. People started going on there and putting their, you know, their opinions and, and what they're passionate about on there. And uh, it's connected to a lot of people. And I mean, I just happened to just find you happenstance, right? Just right. scrolling through the for you feed. Exactly. And just, TikTok you know, and, whatever and, you make it to be, Jeremy. So yeah. if we want it to be true crime, that's what the FYP is popping up. So I think it's an oh, amazing yeah. tool. Sorry to cut you off. I love it. No, 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 that's fine. I understand. And, uh, and you know, and, and then going and looking at your videos and everything like that, I got to see um, a, a lot more about your mom's case. Um, I remember you sending me the uh, 911 uh, call that, uh, what was the man? The man's so is this man's name's Russell or no? Russell, Russell's yeah. your dad. Russell, oh, Russell Bennett Peterson. Russell Bennett Peterson. Yeah, Russell made the phone call, and even I'm listening to that phone call, and uh, we'll you know I'll make sure to put that uh that TikTok video link in the description whenever whenever I post the uh, episode and everything, so mm-hmm. people can go and listen to it themselves. Uh, you could just tell like uh, the guy went around saying uh yeah my girlfriend just got shot. Uh, we had an argument. My girlfriend got shot. And then the 911 dispatcher is going, well, who shot her? And then you just hear this long pause, like a an eerily long pause. And he goes, I don't know. Yep. Well, I mean, I might have. She might have shot herself. Yeah. And it's like, we mean might have like I mean, it, it was the long pause that that also made me like really question going, OK, you're com- you're trying to think of a lie right now. In my mind, that was my first initial reaction. And if I was an investigator, which I'm not, and I'm not trained to be an investigator in no way, shape, or form. However, uh, having a brain between my fucking ears, uh, I can tell that uh, you know I, I can tell that uh, something's not right with that. And knowing the the statistics of uh, of domestic violence as well, and covering on my last step on on my episode with uh with uh with with Big Red's wife and everything like that. Uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these homicides that happen, you know, I think it's like one in two women actually uh, get killed from domestic violence disputes. So half of the women that are in domestic violence, they get murdered. And so uh, it's not too far off the mark to think that he didn't kill her and everything. Um, It's not. I mean, 15% of all violent crime is done by the the spouse. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, and and another, another statistic for you too is, is that, uh, I'm, I'm, I have I still have my paperwork from my last episode and everything too. It said that uh, when it comes to homicide, 96 percent of murder suicide victims are female. Sixty five percent of all murder suicides are perpetrated by intimate partners. 
Now, I know this wasn't a murder-suicide, but uh, another statistic is going one in two female murder victims and one in 13 male murder victims are killed by their intimate partners. So 50% shows you how it's killed. I think it's uh, like 19% of intimate partner violence involves a weapon. Yep. So the chance, those statistics alone, um, and even back then in the 90s and everything like that, while they might not have had those statistics because that, that study was done in like in, uh, in 2019, 2020, um, they still, you know, had a huge domestic violence problem back in the day when we were kids. Cause you know, you were, you was around what, seven or eight, I was around maybe six or seven. We're not too far off the mark in age. And even I remember hearing about those stories when I was a kid and how bad, you know, domestic violence was and the way I was taught about domestic violence, it, you know, it wasn't just, you know, a guy killing his wife or any, or girlfriend or anything like that. It was about, you know, men beating up on their women and shit. Right. It, it's a cycle and it's a vicious one and people don't understand how, people can just get caught up in that and they, they try to break free and it's hard for them to break free because sometimes the, uh, the control or the control aspect of it, you know, the partner is going to have, it's all about control and domination. That's what it really is. So the fact that Russell had, you know, this control over your mama more than likely, I don't know. Did she work? Did she, did she have, or or was he the one that was working in the home? I, I don't know. They they both got an offer to Sedona, Arizona to open Pietro's Italian restaurant, and he was the executive chef, and she was the pastry chef. So they actually worked together, which caused some turmoil when the relationship started breaking down because his new relationship was with that restaurant. He lived there. I don't even remember him much in the couple years we were there because he got up and went to the restaurant, and I would be in bed by the time he got back. He loved yeah. it there because he was the king. He was a narcissist. And my mom got very lonely. And that's why she left my dad because my dad had no interest in her. And that's when she met Russell. And she Russell was the exact opposite of my dad. So literally, Russell's losing interest in my mom. She's doing it all by herself. He doesn't care. So she starts talking to my dad the night of her murder and makes plans to leave Russell for my dad again. And like of all people, my dad and the fact that she planned on taking his child was what made him just snap and go grab a gun. And I don't think, Jeremy, that he got off work and planned on killing her that night. But he heard about this. He heard this news. And he got so mad. It was a trigger that he went and got that gun to, to control. Just like you yeah. said, control. He was going to wave it around and say, you're not leaving me. I'm in control. I've got the gun here. And they struggled over that gun. And pop, it went off. And my mom was dead. That is still homicide. Jeremy, why is he not yeah. gone to jail? Because he's lied. And the Sedona Police Department just ate his lies up and just ran with it. Yeah. I know. It's uh, it's very odd that no, I mean, they, he never got indicted. He didn't get arrested. They didn't no. present this before a grand jury. The two times they presented this before the Yavapai County attorney, it was incomplete case file. They didn't even submit the complete autopsy report. They're only cherry picking stuff and submitting it to Yavapai County. So I don't know even who to blame anymore. The Sedona Police Department, the Yavapai County's attorney, or Russell Bennett Peterson. I mean, these two agencies have been screwing my mom for decades. Russell Bennett Peterson got mad and in a split second killed my mom, a crime of passion. What are the agency's excuse? You know what I mean? These people are supposed to protect and serve, not squash all over my family for decades. Yeah. And I can tell, uh, I can tell you very passionate about this very. and I can tell you very, 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 like very livid very over this. Sorry. And I wouldn't, bl- no, 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 no. I'm glad it's needed to have the, that type of emotion is needed too, because people need to understand this aspect of it and that it, it can become hopeless. It can become, you know, this uphill struggle that never ends. Never. And 
people don't realize that. I mean, for a long time in my life, in the way I was taught and, and, and brought to believe in my life, you know, these agencies, these, these systems in place are taught to, you know, taught where, where how I was, how I learned them was that they were there to protect the people and to help the people and everything. And then as we get older and as we connect with each other and we realize, and no, that ain't the fucking case half the time. Um, there are some good, you know, and obviously it's not like you're some anti-cop or, or that you hate the law or anything like that. You know, I, I can tell that because, you know, you just want justice for your mother and you want them to do their job like they're supposed to. And that's, you know, that's, I think, what a lot of people want. And what happens is when they don't get that, you know, you start to see the cracks in the system. You start to see where it's not just – it's you're not just a one-off, that there's other people that's been failed all over and at different times in, in our history and everything as well. I mean, within decades of our recent history, I should say. And, I mean, it, it's just – it's – to me, it, it, it makes me scratch my head and go, what the fuck, you know, like what is going on? And then you start having these dots and you start seeing them and then they, they, where they might not have been there had they done their job. And then you start connecting these dots together and everything. And so I'm, I'm just it's very odd that they wouldn't investigate this case a little bit further. It's either incompetence, laziness, maybe a mix of both, or maybe there might be corruption there. I don't know. Well, um, let me tell you one little snippet. This is what the FBI agent was really interested in. Because last summer we wrote to the DOJ and the DOJ sent the FBI to our house. And he was real interested in the fact that in 1993, my mother was murdered, right? Well, before, yeah. uh, let's see, the, the Sedona Police Department had only been an active police agency for about four or five years. Before the 1988, like, 89 time, it was <clears throat> the area was policed by the Verde Valley Police. But in time, as it got bigger in the census, Sedona got its own police force. These police officers were the green as you can green. They this was probably one of the first homicides they handled. I'd have to go yeah. look back in archives and see if they handled any other ones. But they didn't know what the hell they were doing in 1993, and now the reinvestigation is just covering up for the lack of investigation back then. That's my yeah. speculation. I got you, and that's probably uh, uh, that's more than likely what happened is that. You had a bunch of rookies that didn't know how to handle these cases, didn't have any any veterans in that police department, more than likely, that handled that type of stuff. I mean, you got to think this was a small city in Arizona, a small town in Arizona that was being policed by another division. And then they put, you know, and they just started up. And, yeah, um, I don't I don't think that's too far off the mark then to believe that. Um, <clears throat> so your mom gets killed, mm-hmm. murdered by Russell. Yeah. And what happens after that when you growing up in your life because i think that's an important aspect to cover as well so there was never any charges against him so what happens my sister his daughter goes to live with him and i go to live with my father and you know my father was a construction working beer drinking automotive man he he was not a family man is not a family man did not have the capacity to raise a 11 year old daughter to show me what I should do or do. Like, the, I remember when I started my period having to come to him. Like, the childhood was awful. My, my father, yeah. is a, I will give you that my father, Craig, is a good man. But yeah. he should not have raised me. Not at all. Yeah. Or he, he wasn't he wasn't designed to really nurture and, and, and be no. emotionally supportive. No, I was a to pet. It, especially to a girl. Yeah, especially. Me, he'll, he'll treat me like a pet my whole life. I'm just a pet yeah. put in the kennel. And that's how he treated me. I was not a daughter. He didn't go to my graduation. He got drunk. My dad was a drunk. Very, very, very drunk. A lot. And 
I did not have a childhood after my mom died. It was bad, Jeremy. It was bad. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened to you. I really am. Like my heart, my heart breaks for you on that because you had a mother that loved you and obviously cared about you. And, you know, you got people that they, you know, they leave, they, they leave one bad situation to end up going into a worse one and everything he like that. I mean, into. he, yeah, into, she was coming back and then I got the for that. I got put in a glass bottle. I couldn't get a license, a job, have a book after I was 18, legally able to do anything like she never got a chance to come back. So he made sure that I never got out of the house. Like I never had friends. I never had anything. I was just kept on property as a pet to be safe in a cage, but never nurtured, never given what I needed, never told I was going to succeed. I was told I was a woman, a fat woman. I'm uneducated. I'm a wassalition. I'll never come out to anything. I was told just last week from my father that I was worthless and he knows what I've been doing for my mother. Yes. It's been 30 years of a horrible, horrible relationship. I never grew up after my mom died. I've been frozen. My life with my father was awful. And I will, I, I am, my dad knows we've gotten into fist fights. It's bad. I'm sorry, Nikki. I really am. Nobody deserves to be, to be treated that way. Nobody deserves to be called all those hurt, hurtful and hateful things. And um, for one thing, you're not useless um, and you're not worthless. You. you are definitely a fucking warrior for your mama, for damn sure. And you're definitely a loud voice that's much needed. And you are trying and you are doing I can see you doing everything. You're damnedest to try to fight for your mother and to get her that justice and to, and to get some, you know, some semblance of peace back that is much needed for your life as well to move on with because this is this is a thing that 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 hurts people you know and it 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 hurts with you know healing from that wound you know from having i mean all the christmases all the birthdays all the all the thanksgivings and and all the all the holidays uh you know you know the ability to to, you know didn't even have that first boyfriend to go tell your mom that you got a boy that you like or anything like that um you know i I'm assuming you have, you have children, right? Or no, no, I don't have any. I was kept away. I, I, I didn't get to lose my virginity till I was 18. I got you. I, I was kept away. Like I was supposed to be moving back home to my dad's house. And just last week he told me I'm 40 years old. He told, I would be paying rent to my dad's house. He's told me that I could have no male visitors still at the age of 40. He wants to control who comes and goes out of my life. Yeah, and that's, that's... Just exhausting. That's why I'm not moving back to that toxic. I would just be a child again where he could control me and tell me that I'm worthless. You tell this is why it's so hard to have you a stranger. Tell me I'm a warrior and all these great things I'm doing, which I know that I am. But the closest person, my father, cannot see this. He's watched the Fox story. He's had other people tell him of what I'm doing. But still, he only sees me as a drug addict, useless, worthless, wassalition. And I just want him to know that I am more than that. And he needs to treat me better. And I've deserved much more than what my father has done and said and treated me for the last three decades. I'm sorry. I'm no, it's good. okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, the I, dad thing really got to me. Like, that's why when you asked me before, like, can we talk about your life after your mom? And I'm like, sure. It's bad. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I know that, you know, I, I'm at a loss for words and anything because nothing I can really say can, can provide any comfort or anything like that. But oh, I, 
No, I mean, don't, you know, it is hard when you have somebody that's supposed to love you and care about you and, and be your biggest supporter, being one of your biggest detractors. It really is. And I, I feel for you, Nikki. I really do. Like my heart breaks for you on that, on, on all of this. And all because... I want, all I want is if like he would call me right now and he would say, I'm so proud of you. I would forget what he said last week. And I was like the last day, like, I just wanted my, I just want my dad to be proud of me. I understand. <laughs> so heartbreaking because that's all I want and I'll never be good enough. Well, Nikki, oh. sometimes some people are just stuck in their ways and they won't that and they just get stuck in this time bubble <laughs> where they believe what they want to believe in and it's you know it's not healthy, it's toxic, yeah. and obviously he has issues that he has to deal with and come to terms with. Some people say those things because they're uh, out of jealousy. You know, I've seen people that get mad and pissed off at even the work that I do because of because of the fact they feel inadequate, right? Right. Yeah. Probably, and to my, you know, because I don't know you personally, I don't know how who who your dad is or anything like that, or how he is personally or anything like that. That's the that's the only estimation I can come to is that a lot of that is his projection into what his what he's not doing and how he failed, right? And so hurt people hurt people right that's that's a common phrase you hear all the time and it is a true phrase and it hurt people but not only that but somebody that's hurt will also hurt somebody that they feel won't hurt them back and so he probably does that all to you because he knows that you that that you won't hurt him back as much as he'll hurt you and i can tell you this is that you know some family you know some blood ain't family and some family ain't blood right yeah and so you just got to find people that support you and love you and care about you and I, you know, I don't, I don't know if your father will ever give you that validation that you that you desperately, you know, deserve because you do deserve that validation. You do you do deserve to, to to have somebody that you love and care about and respect, and that is supposed to be there for you to tell you that they're proud of you. So if nobody else does it, at least hear it from me. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm fucking. I am. I am very proud of you for because you, when we talked on the phone, I mean, you told me some things that were just like. Man, you're fucking, and this is why I say you're a fucking warrior. I mean, you were, you've been shot at, you've been have, you've had death threats done towards you. Um, I mean, just all these different things, people trying to stop you from, from this mission in your life and from this purpose that you have, which is to try to get your mother justice. And it, you know, I don't, I don't care who it is that tells you that if they think that you're worthless because of that, because that is an asshole through and fucking through and flat out, I will publicly say it right here and it will be on, and this will be on the podcast and this will be where people can hear it. Whoever says that that you're worthless and that you're useless and everything like that, and that you're, that you're no good and everything. Well, they go suck a fat one. Okay. (laughs) That's what they can go do. That's, that's, that's from me to them. Okay. Do you hear that? Craig? (laughs) Yeah. Craig, you can go suck a fat one for talk, for talking that way about your daughter flat out. Yeah, and I don't care if that, that goes. Out. I don't care if that goes on the public news stage or not. Fuck oh, it, I let know. it, let it go on there. I've uh, said words that, to that, his face. I just want to yeah. know how this really does affect me. Like, yeah. when, he, when he gets when he does that to me, I get instantly defensive and I get nasty back. But like in the yeah. in the long run, he really does hurt my feelings, and I yeah, it, it sucks. But I don't show him that. I get mad and I spit back that he's an awful father. We have a really yeah. toxic. But in the long run, I just want him to be proud of me. So if he hears this, just be nice to me and I'll be nice to you. It's all I've ever wanted. Well, I hope both of y'all can heal that 
that broken relationship one day. And I hope that y'all can uh, y'all can find love and everything like that and love each other in, in a healthy way, not in this toxic style of way that, you, you know, you tell a man everything. Because yeah. I think that uh, it's important to have a healthy relationship with your parents. And I'm not I'm not one to, to, to say that I have a, a perfect one either with mine. I have my own past with mine and everything as well. And so I, I but I understand, you know, I do understand where you're coming from. And like I said, my heart breaks for you. Thank you. That was a lot of word vomit. Sorry to get the dad stuff out on your podcast. No, no, it's fine. Hey, look, it's needed. I mean, people need to know the good, the bad, and the ugly on air, on, on, on a lot of these cases. And some cases, you know, some some stories, uh, some interviews I've done, they they turn out good. You know, they have happy endings. Some don't. And that's just real. That's real life. That's yeah. the human experience. And people, some people don't get to heal from their from their journeys, you know, on their journeys and everything like that. They don't get to heal from their wounds. People carry scars all their lives. And this is what made me want to start this podcast was because I heard so many brave people, brave people like yourself speaking out on these issues. It made me want to 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 talk about it. And it made me want to help spread the awareness of it, because if we don't know that there's a problem, then we don't know that there's a problem that needs to be solved. And we don't know. And, and we won't if we don't know the, the what, then we don't know the why. We don't know the how and we don't know what to replace it with. Right. And that's right. just where, where all this is at. And as a society, a lot of people are starting to wake up and realize that. And so I'm look, I'll say it again. I'm proud of you. Okay. Thank you. I'm proud. That, that means a lot. <laughs> you know, and um, so you're going on all these podcasts, you got all these podcasts scheduled and everything yeah. like that. What is do they know where Russell is at now? Oh, good grief. Um He's got his mother's address. They, they, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. I, yeah. It's not hard to find him. Public record, like I have two different addresses for him too. If I can find this stuff, the Sedona Police Department can. It's just yeah, like, they have, they have better resources. Yeah. Like Nikki's, Nikki's and her friends have found, I have two addresses. I have two numbers. I mean, I, I, if I'm catching up to you, why isn't the Sonoma Police Department doing anything? I don't know. During my interview with them in January, they told me they did some surveillance. They've been attempting to contact him for, you know, a year and a half, and he's just dodging them. I mean, he must really be that good, or they just, you know, they don't care, which is, I'm pretty sure it's the latter. I think, so because I listen to Woody Overton and everything like that, when it comes to cases like this, um, they gotta, they gotta, they have to have evidence. They have to have a, a lot of, they have to have like, I think to, in order to arrest or convict, they have to have 50, 50% plus one, whatever the hell that means. I got to ask Woody that one day, yeah. but they got to have enough to make the arrest. And I think at this point, if they had enough to make the arrest, they would. But I think what it really ultimately is going to entail and turn into is that there's going to be a couple factors in play. Um, did they gather, did they gather DNA evidence? You know, I, I saw the homicide report that you put on there on TikTok and everything like that, that it was, it, or the autopsy was considered a homicide. And so that it still has to be an active investigation or a cold case. And hope, and I think you said in 2020, they reopened it to be in, to be in a, an active case now. Right. Well, yeah. So yeah. what it is now at this point, three years later, uh, nothing's being done. That means there's no pressure on them. What happens is with these type of events and everything like that is that when you go out there and put this into the public knowledge, it takes the public to put some pressure 
on these people to make phone calls. Now, look, I'm not telling anybody to go there and make threats, cuss these people out and everything like that. But you definitely need to go call the Sedona Police Department and, and, and especially the homicide division and ask them what the fuck is going on. Do you, you know, do you know who the name of the detective that's supposed to be working on this case? Oh, yeah. She's made interviews with Fox 10 and with a Sarah Turney. She's Sergeant Laura Leon. She's the active investigator on the case. I met with her in January. She met with my father in February. And mm-hmm. I have not heard from her in March or April. So I'm hoping... I'm praying that she is hard at work on my mom's case and tracking down Russell and, and getting some accountability because, like you said, I'm just talking to the media. I'm going to keep coming until he's arrested or until yeah. I die. So if I die just mysteriously, Jeremy, please look into that for me because I'm not going to stop talking about this till we get some accountability. Yeah. Well, definitely for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I'll do my best that I can do. I know that... Um... There's some podcasts that have big, big audiences. Some have smaller audiences. I have a mix of in between. Um, I'm, and of course, this is definitely not within my skill set, but I know people that, that it is within their skill set, and I hope that they look into it as well. Uh, I'd ask anybody that knows like Woody Overton, Real Life Real Crime, to please request this. All you, all, Woody has fans that he called lifers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I ask all the lifers that listen to my podcast to bring this to Woody and, and uh, his wife's attention. Please. And I've, I've I've already brought it to their attention as well to to their attention as well. Um, I emailed hoping, him too. I know, and he's a busy man, so I want to give you know let I'm I'm gonna give him the respect that he's a busy 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 man. I know he's dealt with Louisiana cases. He hasn't dealt with any cases out of the state out of the, out of this state. So I don't know if he will or if he might know somebody else that does. I'm just being honest with you on that but i know what he's a good man and if he takes your case he's going to see it through he's going to keep his word whatever he tells you it's that's, that's his word i'll talk um, to anybody i'll talk to woody if you've got five followers or five million i want to talk to you if you're a true crime content creator i want to talk to you call me yeah because we could we anybody yeah because we definitely want this to be put into the forefront and let everybody know what's going on because you know this is for this is you know, it, it's, it's to give your mother justice and it's for you as well to help you, to help you Betcha. heal because you've been stuck in this place for 30 years. I'm you know, frozen w- in time. I have no house. Like I, my car is falling apart. I can't like succeed. I can't move on with anything. This it's because I've become obsessed since I've printed out the case file. A day doesn't go by that I don't work on it in some way or another. Like my life has stopped completely and I need I need something to happen, Jeremy, or I'm just going to be frozen in time. I'm going to be dead like my mother, and it's just, I need some help, so thank you. You're welcome. And I'll do whatever I can to put this through the forefront for you. I mean, I, you. you know, I, like I said, my heart breaks, but let's go back to the case. Let's start, okay. let's, let's go back to talking to it, okay? okay? So the weapon, if I remember correctly, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a 44 Magnum? Yeah. Or was it a 44 Magnum? Yeah. 44 Magnum Ruger Red Hawk. I didn't know anything about guns until I did some research. This is a huge gun. Do you know anything about yes. guns? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I just actually, uh, I, uh, there's a few episodes where I talk about where I'm very much pro Second Amendment. So, yeah, I know. And uh, it's a revolver, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Um, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, so, my, I, I think I told you my grandfather has a Black Hawk and uh 357 but yeah the 44 is a very powerful caliber of bullet and it's uh especially if it was a hollow point um which i don't think it was because of the the, the autopsy report i saw um it was, it was a definitely point. 
It was a hollow point. Well, it was that's a bit, the not a bit B. It's like a B I N N C. It's like an Italian hollow point bullet. Banana. Uh, B, 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 oh, I know what you're talking about too. Bianni, but Benelli. Think. Think. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. yeah that, but yeah, a 44, a 44 Magnum is a very, very powerful fucking revolver, and um, it's a very powerful bullet for a handgun. And it does damage. It, it, I mean, it'll kill you. One bullet, that's all it takes, which is, I think, is all it took for your mother yeah. was, uh, was one bullet. I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be cold or callous when I say that. No. Um, uh, but yeah, so it was a 44 Magnum. That's a very big gun for a woman to handle. All right. Exactly. I'm, I'm just, I'm, cause your mother, your mother wasn't a, uh, your mother was a smaller lady, right? I mean, I've seen the pictures of her. She was kind of, or just average, but, you know, not, I don't. I'm not gonna say like super petite, but just an average. But just an average she was size. One hundred and thirty-eight pounds at the time. Of yeah. Autopsy. So a small. So so a small woman. Okay. So she was petite. Okay. Um, and I don't mean to offend you or anything like that. <laughs> that. I get really okay. mad when people talk about her blood alcohol level. She did have a blood alcohol level of of point one seven. She was drinking. Okay. She was upset. She was not driving a car. They like to victim blame. Russell liked to bring up her blood alcohol too. He was totally victim blaming. I hate that, but no. She had a blood alcohol level. She was 138 pounds. How can a woman pull off a, a sh- not one shot, but according to him, two shots with an undominant, undominant left hand because she had no gunpowder residue present on her right hand. There was only some present on her left. How could she do that with a weapon of that caliber? If we're talking about the gun, you know guns. Tell me yeah. how that's possible. It's not. They did a reenactment, and they couldn't do they, it. It, did, it didn't pan out. Yeah, the, so the way he told the story, yeah, it, it's no way possible. No way possible. Um, yeah, because that's a very – look, even for me, uh, a, a big man as myself and one that's familiar with firearms, shooting off a forty-four, which I have shot off before, it's got a lot of – it's got a lot of kickback to it. And uh, and if you're in a situation where – like even in the gun range, it's, it's got kickback. So when you're in a situation where you're fighting with somebody and you're drunk and intoxicated mm-hmm. – um, you know, your, your, your body's not as strong. Usually it's not as strong. I mean, adrenaline does kick in and everything and play a factor and all that as well. But at the same time, it's your non-dominant hand, which is your left hand. Um, that is not an easy thing to do um, no. that's, to, to, to shoot at somebody with, especially when you're struggling. And remind, so, I'm going to remind your, your listeners that my mom had a gun. My dad's witness. She's got friends of witness. She, she didn't like guns. Didn't know. Whenever my dad goes shoot guns, she'd sit in the car. Craig likes to always say that hate yeah. guns so why was this woman that on the night that she plans on leaving grabbing guns it didn't happen he's lying yeah. so knowing all that here's my theory um they got an argument she threatened to leave him and or she was talking about leaving him and everything like that he already found out that she that she was leaving him and he goes and confronts her with the gun in his hand mm-hmm. and they have words it probably wasn't good because she was drunk and, you know, normally a drunk mind is going to be a truthful mind. Probably told him a lot of things that he didn't like about himself. Right. And he was pissed off. Uh, was he drunk at all that night either? Big time Just, drunk. Oh, okay. So yeah. he was drunk. So, okay. Okay. So this, okay. So he was drunk. She was drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously decision-making, you know, gets affected and impaired in that situation. So they have words. He shoots her. He freaks out. He shoots and he puts the gun in her non-dominant hand because he's drunk and not clearly thinking. And he shoots, I guess, at the wall or something like that. No, and... she was already dead in the bedroom. Yeah, she right, right. But I'm saying like after, the but, at, but... Residue, the reason the coroner said the gunpowder was present on her left hand, Jeremy, was because she had her hand up in a defensive 
posture and positioning. She had her hand yeah. up in defense. That's why there's gunpowder residue. Not as he claims she shot off a couple shots at him. A liar. I just need to prove it. They need to put some money behind these reenactments. They don't want to. Again, I'm yeah. proving their, you know, incompetency. They don't want to do that. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna show the world what they're doing. Yeah. How many shots were fired off in that incident? Two. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. One so, in the living room, corresponding okay. with his version of events, and then the one in the bedroom killing my mother. Gotcha. So remember, um, in the police report, I always keep telling remember because I've done this story five hundred times. Sorry, right? But in That's the police okay. report and in the Red Rock News, they quote as the altercation began at one fifteen, and then at right. one thirty six a.m. he's calling his father in Glendale, Arizona, at six, and he's calling nine one one. Why he's calling yeah. his dad? You know, that's all suspect. We could just be you know, making those speculations all day. But, I mean, come on. He's staging the crime scene. He had 25 minutes to stage yeah. the crime scene. So, uh, let me see. I'm trying to think this out in my head, right? It starts in the living room, ends in the bedroom, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Okay. One shot in the living room. I'm assuming it hit a wall. It hit a wall. Hit he a wall. claims. Okay. His side of the story is that they get into a fight over that phone call. Of, you know, he doesn't tell the cops that my mom's leaving. He just said they get into a fight because my mom called her ex. That's in the case file. And then he says that she gets up and go grabs a gun, comes out to the living room and states, Russell, I'm going to shoot you. And then pops off a shot at him. Doesn't wait to see if he's shot. Turns immediately around to go into the bedroom as if attempting a murder-suicide. Where he, therein he follows her. And they struggle over the weapon because he doesn't want her to kill herself, but the gun goes off anyway. That's his first version of events. And when he's interrogated three months later, he states that he wasn't next to her and that it was a complete suicide. He just saw her drop. He's just, he doesn't even know what to say anymore. But I mean, the truth yeah. is, is that he staged the second gunshot because they started yeah. getting into a fight. She died instantly. He didn't plan it. He panics, calls his dad, and staged that. Popped off that second shot. And through that second shot and that story, he's gotten away with murder for 30 years. I got to prove that he's a liar. And see, if if, if they'd have done a a complete, you know, crime scene analysis, ballistics report and everything like that, they could have measured the height and everything like that as well with the gun um, from where it was shot at. Yeah. They'll do all this. It's going to cost lots of money and a lot of humiliation, but it can't. When I ask the yeah. police department about this, they just look at me like I'm insane. Other cases, Jeremy, you know this. You're in true crime. Yeah. I mean, they're gaslighting me. Yeah, they are. They're fucking ridiculous. I know, and because I'm, I'm I'm trying to play it through my head multiple times too, as well. Like what's going on, everything. And there's different theories I have as well. They're both drunk. They're both arguing about that phone call about your mom leaving him and everything like that. She says, you know, she's had enough. She's tired of him, this, that, and the other. He gets mad. Maybe he pops off that first shot. Maybe that first shot was in the living room, right, in the wall. And he mm-hmm. popped it off. And she got scared. And then he went after her in the bedroom and everything like that. And then Could he's, be. you know, dominating over her, arguing, you know, screaming and hollering at her and, you know, being verbally abusive toward her. And she had enough of it. They're both drunk. She's ready to fight at this point. They probably fight and everything like that, and then he and then he ends up, you know, struggling with her, and and probably said he's gonna kill her, and then she struggles with the gun and everything like that in that defensive posture you talk about, and then uh, the gun goes off, Different you know, uh, and that's probably and 
in my mind, I'm thinking that's probably what did happen, but I, I, I can't prove that because I'm not, I'm not the investigator. I'm not there. I don't have all the, you know, I wasn't there to analyze the crime scene or anything like that or interrogate Russell. But I think that would be a, a solid theory to have for if, if I was an investigator. But of course, I'm not an investigator. I'm just a truck driver with a podcast, right? So, uh, yeah. So that's what my theory is on that. Did they ever pursue any theories like that? Or, or has a detect, uh, detective, what's her name? Le- detective Leon? No. Day Leon? Yeah, I, I mean, that, that, no. No, they're going with what the stuff of the story and that they just ran with it they just they ate it down like Russell spoon fed his side of the story and Sedona Police Department gurgled it down literally even in the Fox 10 news story that you can hear it in the third investigation where the investigators are asking Russell we tried to we went out of our way to prove that it was an accident for you why the hell are they saying that we brought that up in the investigation and the uh, during the interrogation in January, and the cop told us that he was using interrogation tactics back then to break Russell. I was like, "Are you yeah. kidding?" Okay. Uh-huh. Well, well. So what they so what they do is, and, and I've talked to a few invest. So I have talked to a few few uh, ex cops who were detectives and everything like that with like with like uh like child rape cases and everything. Right. What they do is with a suspect, they put him in the interrogation room, and it, it's the old adage, you know, you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. Right. right, but they didn't catch so, anything. Uh, they just right. incriminated I, I, themselves. I, I know what they try to do is they try to be friendly with with the suspect, and they try to you know you know talk to him in a, in a soft tone and everything like that. It's it's an it's an old technique they use, and they try to come you know because if if they they try to get their guard down initially. However, whatever conversation he had with Russell had with that four minute conversation and everything like that, you know that that's where. You know, his father could have said, well, you know, hey, don't say anything to the cops. Don't 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 incriminate yourself. Things of that sort of nature. It could have been a number of things he could. Have, he could have even and just being devil's advocate on this one. He could have even said, hey, don't call me. Call 911 right now. Could have been one of those issues, too. I don't kind of hardly believe that one, but it's still one of those factors. Right. Right. Um, it's just so why they you know i'm like you now why they have not investigated this further is a fucking mystery in its own self to me because it seems like it's a pretty uh i ain't gonna say it's simple cut and dry however it is definitely they should have done more work on it than what they did yes that make any sense oh no Uh, and 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 this is just me an outsider who's just looking into this who's just listening to this listening to what you've been telling me and i'm just like okay they no this is some lazy ass police work yeah in my honest opinion um and it's and it's easy for me to sit here in an armchair quarterback and say that shit but at the same time though i mean come on y'all come on sedona police department right what the fuck I don't like know. I'm, I, I'm just a simple old country boy and even i'm going what the fuck here you know uh yeah so they do all this They've been silent for a while on you and everything like that. After you do all these podcasts and everything, what do you think your next step is going to be? I just want charges, Jeremy. I mean, I'm going to yeah. keep coming at them until there's a charges eventually. It will not stop. And especially with the documentary being made now, we're going to be going more mainstream. It's not just going to be these small podcasts that are going to be talking to you. It's going to be bigger and bigger. Yeah. And it's going to get bigger until it explodes on Sedona Police Department. So it's better to just shut me up now. Give me what I want, press some charges on him, 
and we can all go our separate ways or this is going to get really 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 big and really ugly yeah. for Sedona Police Department so I'm just under- I don't understand why they're dragging their feet so what comes next? I know. what do we do I don't know I don't even have an after until we summit and there's no summit till an arrest boom gotcha well I mean you know it, it's more than just giving you what you want it's it's giving justice to your mother it's ultimately what it, what, it, what it really is. Sometimes because I forget you know, about her. I get so mad yeah. for what just happened to me alone. I forget I forget that, you know, she had a whole life before me, too. Before there was me yeah. and her, my mom had so many people that loved her. There's so many people that it affected besides from just me and her. Yeah. And, I mean, it's 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 necessary to have that. You know, it's necessary to, to remember that she died at an early age of her life. I mean, your mama was what, like? 30, 31, 32. She had just 32. turned 32. She'd been 32 a month and I'm 40. I couldn't imagine yeah. being dead eight years ago. I barely started living. I don't even think I've lived yet. How old are you? You're about my I'm age. 30, right? I'm 30. Yeah, I'm close to your age. I'm 36. So yeah. that'd have been four years ago for me. I mean, uh, you know, like, and you're right. I mean, like when you, when you get out of your twenties, normally your twenties is to go find yourself and to find what you want to do with life and to start a career and everything like that. And what your mom did, your mom found herself. She found a career that she wanted to be in, which was being a chef and everything like that as well. And she was, you know, working her career and trying to find, you know, trying to raise a child on top of that and trying to find love. And so, I mean, that all, all that got cut short. I mean, she would have been, she was 32. This was 30 years ago. So she'd have been 62 by now. She would have been, you know, if had she had been alive, you know, things would have been different for you. You might, you know, you might would have had children, been married, yeah. uh, a whole different, a whole different way of life could have happened. And, you know, nobody, nobody would know who, you know, Nikki Washlin is or who Stephanie is. Mom's Stephanie, right? Yeah. I was like to be called Stacy. Stacy or yeah. know who uh, Stacy, you know, Stacy Washlin was, right? So, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it's just one of the things that it, it's those what ifs and everything like that in between. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, I mean, for the simple fact that you had a guy who may or may not have killed her, which I'm, I'm being, uh, that's just me being devil's advocate fair on that. Right. Uh, because no, yeah, it, I mean, guilty until proven innocent, right? Yes. Right, right, right. And so if he is guilty, he's got away with it for 30 fucking years. That ain't right. There's no, there's been no justice for your mother. He has not served. He has not served justice at all. He has not paid the price for his crime. He got to go and, on and have two more wives and have three more children. Yeah. Jeremy, children yeah, exactly. should never be in existence if he was where he should have been. Prison. He created whole generations of of people that should never have been because he got away with murder. Yeah. And while I know, while I know, you don't wish no harm to the to the to his kids or to his grandkids or anything like that you just want justice for oh, I could care you less know about his family I'm yeah just coming for him i mean i'm just saying yeah. you're lucky you're on a technicality you people are here because your father killed my mother 30 years ago so like i said yeah. on a tech you're here be thankful i'm still coming for your pops he needs to pay so there we go <laughs> That's fucking gangster. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie to you. That's fucking gangster. We say it like that though. But uh, uh, yeah. It, well, and look, it's 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 you know it's valid to feel that way because you know you just want justice. Like I keep saying, you just want justice for your mother because that's that's what it is. That's ultimately what it is. You just want justice for your mother, and you don't wish you know harm on anybody else or anything like that. I know you don't and everything. And you you just you just care about hey, this dude killed my mom. You know, or, you know, at the very least, it's it's suspected that he killed my mom and it wasn't investigated properly. And I just want a proper investigation done. 
Hell yeah. I just want you know? truth, justice, and the American way, Jeremy. That's it. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of mean. Uh, yeah. I don't mean, well, I mean people any harm. I no ill right. will either. I'm trying that they're dragged into this. I really am. Like from yeah. the trauma survivor to trauma survivor, I'm really sorry that your dad did this to my mom and now they're being involved in it. I really am. And my heart yeah. goes out to you that this was your dad. But I mean, think about me. I've got to do this, you guys. The, the Russell Peterson family, I've got to do this. So don't hate me, but this was coming and it's been coming long before you people. Yeah. Leave it at that. And I, and I hope that they can understand that and everything as well. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard because when you have somebody in your life that you grew up with knowing all your life, because I, I try to think about it like, what if it was one of my family members? That did that, right? Like, what right. if it was, like, what if it was my grandfather, right? And he killed oh, some they woman. Hate me. You before, they hate right? Me. They want me to go away. I'd hate for the other one. I get it. Yeah, but I, I hope they can understand that you lost your mother over I a fight so. that they had thirty years ago. I really and, do hope that they can see both sides of the story and just see it for what it is, and don't hate me because I don't hate yeah. them. You know, they're right. To be in the world, but I don't, I don't hate their existence. I don't neglect them anything. I treat them well. And it sucks that we're right. all going through this, but just don't hate me and for what I'm doing, because this is what right. I have to do for closure or peace, ability, whatever you want to call it. So next question. <laughs> oh, well, let's see. So we go over the, we, we went over the case, went over what you're doing, what you're, what, you know, what the future is holding for you and everything like that. Um, I really don't know any other questions to ask at this point any further. Um, it's I know I'm sorry. I'm not the world's best uh, cold case murder <laughs> podcaster. But uh, I, I think we went over a good bit of, of what was needed to be said and everything. I mean, you know, the fact that your childhood wasn't that great after your mother passed away. Well, well, let, 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 let's talk about before your mother passed away. What was oh. your mother like? Oh, goodness. My mom was like 19 or 20, so she was very young and she... She grew up very hard because she was the, she was a twin and her twin died. And for some reason, my grandma just hated my mom because the twin died. And like all of the siblings will tell you and all my mom's friends growing up will tell you, my grandma B was very mean to my mom. And so when she had me, I think she had a couple abortions. And so she finally, she wanted a baby and she made sure she told Craig, my dad, she was like, I'm having this one. And she, she gave birth to me and she treated me the exact opposite of the way she was treated. My mom yeah. had some horror stories, you know, growing up in the 60s and the 70s, you know, your parents were mean. She had to like kneel on rice and whip with the, you know, cord pot of the, you know, the, the coffee pot. I mean, yeah. It was very rough. She was molested by the second husband and she made sure to keep me safe. And she just was so cool. And she didn't mind me with an iron fist like Grandma B did. She made sure that we were friends. And I, just, I think that's just what sucks the worst because not only was my mom taken, but like my best friend. Because I am the mini version of her. I look just like her. I act just like her. I sound just like her. I am Stacy. And so I, I refer to myself as we all the time because I refer to myself and my mom. I carry her with me. Yeah. It, it, she was taken so young and she was just hip. And I remember I'm going to tell you this quote that I told a couple other ones, but somebody asked her one time, hey, Stacy, what's your favorite color? And she was smoking a cigarette and she was like, green, because it's the color of weed and money. That was the way my mom is. Like she was so yeah. cool, and she was. She just a laid. She just a laid back, just loving individual. 
she everybody yeah. talked to her and everybody wanted to be around her. the fact that she wanted to leave somebody and he didn't want her and her life was taken it's wrong it's rotten and i'm coming for the cook it it's unacceptable yeah. he needs to pay for it well thank you for asking I, my know, mom her favorite color yeah green. <laughs> favorite color was green that's good to know i'm glad to know that i uh you know when and when you when you were talking about your mother it makes me think about my wife's mother, right? Because my wife and, and her mama have had a very similar, um, you know, uh, relationship as well. Like my mother-in-law loves my, my wife to death. Like she loves Ainsley with all her heart. I mean, just the biggest cheerleader for my wife. I mean, even bigger than myself. And just when they're together, it's just like, it's magic for them. Right. My, my wife loves her mother to death and just would do anything for her mother. Just like my mother-in-law would do anything for her daughter. And it, it just reminds me of that. I mean, now my mother-in-law never, never said that green was her favorite color because it's weed and money and everything like that. But, uh, <laughs> no, not, not as laid back as your mom for sure. However, uh, my mother-in-law is a very sweet lady and she, uh, she just adored Ainsley and, um, just protected her as best as she could too in her life. And she had a, she had a mother that was very overbearing, uh, toxic as well. And, um, but she had a father that was very loving and caring. And so, um, I just see some parallels with, you know, with your mother and, and with my, with, with like you and your mother and with my wife and her mother, you know, and just, I, I understand what you missed out on. You know, and, and that's what breaks my heart on this, too, is that you missed out on a lot with this and that your mother had hopes and dreams. She had ambitions. She had, you know, all these feelings. And she was a human being and her life was cut short. I, You know, and just obviously you, you loved and adored, your, you know, you love and a, you, not adored. You love and adore your mother yes. with all your heart. And you yeah. otherwise you wouldn't fight this hard. Yeah. Uh, I can truly see that. And I truly believe that with all my heart. I'll see that with you. But I Nikki, so long, so I I feel like I have I owe it to her. We're gonna get yeah. him. It's just taking a really long time. Well, I really, uh, I probably will have about twenty other questions to think of later <laughs> on uh, after I hear this episode and everything like that. But uh, I know I won't be able to ask them to you and put them in this episode. But I will say this: um, I think what you're doing is a good thing. I think what you're doing is a great thing, in fact, and that you're fighting as hard as you can for your mother and using your voice in a very loud and very shock and awe kind of way, which is a good thing. And you're getting people's attention. You're getting into the algorithms. Um, people are seeing it. I every see it pop up. I, you know, I, I, re, I repost it. I, I try to push it through my algorithms as well so other people can see it. And. I just want to say I thank you for fighting as hard as you are for your mother. Uh, you don't for think appreciating that appreciating me. Thank you. No problem. Um, <laughs> don't ever think you're worthless or that or that oh. you're or that what you're doing is useless because it's not. Uh, just don't ever think that. So I want people to know where they can find you. Now I'm I'm going to put your TikTok handle uh, in the uh, in the description of the episode when I post it, and I'm oh. a I'm a you know I'm a, I'm gonna do a few. I'm a few do a few like like if you see, if you looked at my uh, podcast channel on TikTok and everything like that, you see that I, I'll put like uh, like upcoming episodes and stuff like that on there, and I'll and I'll be promoting it and everything and come up with you know episode number name and everything on. I'll tag your uh, Please, I'll tag yeah. your 
your your channel on, on there and everything like that. But where can people find you at? The for those TikTok that don't have TikTok. Oh God. And, well, TikTok. Well, TikTok and. I I'm sorry. Yeah, Facebook, yeah. And then there is a website. We just got the website up and going, which will have the documents like my mom's autopsy report, the case file and all the media links like your podcast will be included in the media section. So as my media resume and library grows, that'll be there on the website. So the website is being okay. is active. It's www.stephaniewasson.com. So if anybody's curious about my mom's murder, you can go right there or to my TikTok channel or my Facebook page where I also do like, you know, weekly dub updates on the facebook page i'm on tiktok daily jeremy it's the best place to get a hold of you, you don't have tiktok people get tiktok yeah i know uh that's what i, I love about it because it's the <laughs> one where I, it's the most interaction I've, I've gotten about my podcast um you know I, I i i did you know i like facebook for other things but uh for when it comes to this type of genre of of yes labor that I do, my labor of love that I do, I get the most out of TikTok out of it. I find so many different people because of it. So um, I don't don't think I'd ever would have found you on Facebook more than likely, but I don't, I say that and I don't say that because at the same time, everybody's on TikTok. I don't, you know, you know, Facebook, unfortunately is a little dead right now uh, because everybody's on screen time is on TikTok, right? That's why they're fighting about banning the shit and everything like that as well, (laughs) which I fucking think is stupid, but um, that's a whole nother episode, a whole nother rant for me to go on later on down in life. But, um, look, you can find me and look, find me on, uh, I'll get with you and, and you can find me on Facebook if you haven't already. I think you have, but if you haven't, we'll, 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 we'll find each other and link up. I have a podcast page as well. So it's a man apart podcast, like uh Facebook group. Got it. Okay. It's a group. It's not even a page. It's the group. Okay. And you can find me on there and you can share all those pictures and everything like that and all the documents that you can uh, share them on my group. It's an open group. And so just come join in there and everything like that. And when I drop the episode, I'll tag you in, in those posts on Facebook as well. Hell yeah. And we'll try to get your story out there. Thank you, Jeremy. So, You've been no awesome. Problem. Thank you for letting me like do my dad word vomit on you. That's fine. Hey, no, look, I, I, I understand. I truly oh, do. And I, you know, it broke my heart to hear that your dad's not supporting you, and and it really does because you're not worthless, you're not useless. Okay, just just know that. Thank you. You've and been I hope, an and awesome I hope this helps you too. Thank you. I appreciate it, Nikki. Well, another fun fact before we end, because I want because I want to try to end this with a good positive note. You're a dog person, by the way. <laughs> yeah. One C three licensed nonprofit rescue. I had no idea you were a dog person. And then looking down yeah. at your screen name, it says J-Dog. <laughs> yeah, that was an old nickname of mine. Uh, a lot of people don't know the origins of that nickname uh, unless they've known me for since childhood, which they barely remember it. So I'll, I think one day I might I might share that, but I'm going to leave that a mystery. That's the only mystery I kind of want to leave a mystery. I know, right? Just, oh, I know. But I, I want to leave that a damn mystery for people. I might tell y'all, I might tell y'all outside of the podcast how that how that happened. It has religious connotations to it, by the way, actually. Believe it or not, it has a religious connection to it. So I'll uh I might tell you that off the screen, but um yeah, I'm gonna leave all my listeners just in limbo on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, y'all. Yeah, no, I I don't know when I'll do that, but uh yeah, I you know I I, I don't know, just gotta keep them hooked in somehow, right? Uh, Right? (laughs) Why is he called J Dog? Why is he called J Dog? Why is it religious? Uh, well, you know, we'll find out one day, won't we, y'all? You know, just gotta, y'all got to keep listening to episodes until you fit until, yeah, until I get until, until I get like in the top ten podcasts. I guess I'll I'll explain it. Maybe there we go. That's the goal. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Well, anyway, Nikki, um, I'm honored that you wanted me to uh, that that you wanted me to interview you and that you wanted to come on my podcast. I never even 
had the thought of it, to be honest, because I didn't want to ask. And uh, because I didn't want to be rude and just seem like I'm just jumping on this, you know, hype train or anything like that. I don't like to do that to people. Um, I want people to just they want to come and share their stories. And so anybody that's listening now, um, if you made it this far to the end, if you do have a story, if you want to share a survivor story that you have where, you know, something heinous happened in your life or, you know, something just so just horrible that you wanted to share it. Talk to me. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Clapper as well. And Nikki, I hope you're on Clapper too. And just I am. in case they yeah, just in case they ban old, old TikTok, we go back, we all go to Clapper instead. Yeah. Um, I'll keep making my video my audience like I like I've like I've been doing now. And uh just get with me. I'm not, you know, I'm not hard to find. I'm damn sure not hard to miss. And that that's either finding me or, or coming after me. So you can take it wherever way you want to. <laughs> um that's all I can say. Well, Nikki, I hope you, you uh I hope this helped you. You have. You're welcome. This is so amazing. And I just can't thank you enough for featuring me. And if there's anybody else out there that's a content creator that wants to talk to me, call me, email me, let's chat. I'm all about I will, I will pass on your number to them. I'll let them know how to get in contact with you. And I, I'll definitely help you out on that instance as well. Uh, I know a lot of people and um, I could just continue to grow as well in my, in my little world that I'm in. And so I appreciate you, Nikki. Thank you so much. All right. So enough of all that. Enough of all, enough of all that sappy. I love you, shit. I just want to tell you, but I do want to tell you, I see you, Survivor, and I love you. Okay. Thank you, Jeremy. You're welcome. Nice to be seen. You are being seen. They watching. We all, we all looking at you. So, shout your story from the rooftop. So I can tell you. All right, baby. I'll talk to you soon. Then I'll keep you updated. All right. Thank you, Nikki. Have a good Thank day. You. you too. Bye, bye, Jeremy. Bye. Well, after hearing that interview, what do y'all think? Think maybe Russell might have done it? Don't know. Can't say. Want to see if the investigators do anything? Me too. Y'all, it's going to take a collective of people to push these stories through the algorithm. And I'm not the only podcast that's covering this. But the way you can help, the very least you can help, if you if you wouldn't mind, and it would be very helpful if you did, put it on your socials. Put it on your TikToks, your Instagrams, your Twitters, your Facebooks, whatever you got to do to push this through. Y'all sharing, liking, reposting these type of stories, they get help pushed through. And millions of people get to see them. That's how it works. You know, I'm going to ask you all the classic podcaster stuff that people ask, you know, like, share, follow, leave a review, whatever you can do. It helps me out. To all my fans out there, to, to the listeners, I guess really not fans, but listeners out there. And I'm not saying that to say that, you, that you're not fans or anything like that. I know I have people who love, who actually love listening to my episodes because they love the passion that they hear. I, I get that a lot. The common theme is that you have a lot of passion and heart in your episodes, Jeremy. And so I appreciate all those kind words of encouragement. I really do. Uh, they do mean a lot. And I don't do it for the for the pat on the backs and the attaboys, but at the same time, thank you. I, I appreciate that y'all are seeing it. I, I'm, I'm just glad to know that people are listening, right? And I'm seeing the podcast growing too. So and thank y'all. Thank you for the ones that left the reviews on Spotify for me. Those are the ones I really see. If you left them on Apple as well or, or Google Podcast or iHeartRadio or Amazon Music, CastBox, Stitcher, wherever else that you can hear this podcast at, I appreciate it. It helps out tremendously. 
if you are on Apple or any of the other uh, platforms, if you want to really help me out, I would love for you to come on Spotify and follow the podcast from the Spotify side. Not only does that help me boost it out to newer people and in in newer audiences and grow it, but it also helps um, support and everything like that, the podcast, because that's how I do get paid. Now, I'm not saying I'm rolling any Benjamins or anything like that, but whatever money I do make, it is used to help promote the podcast. So I appreciate it like that. Like I said, this is not my job. This is not something I do full time. This is what I do after I, I work my career and my business with my wife. So, you know, time is very valuable and very short for me. However, I don't mind doing it because it's going to help somebody. And that's what I want to do. I can't thank enough people in this world. And y'all hear me talk a lot about Woody Overton, Real Life Real Crown, the podcast. And that's because he was listening to his stories is one of the inspirations that started this. Ezekiel Harry from Homa, Louisiana was the straw that broke the camel's back to make me want to do this. That horrific story that I covered in my, you know, my second episode of Why God Why. Um, It just, and all these other dominoes that fell into place. You know, there's so many different things that happened in between. And there's reasons why I have survivors that interview. There's reasons why I'm on Spotify. There's reasons why I started my podcast. It's all these different things that came into effect. And so... For the ones who've been listening from episode one all the way up to now episode 49, I thank you. I love you. I know there's, I know some of you, I don't know all of you that listen. And I know there's people that I'm, that are around me in my life that listen to my podcast and I appreciate it so much. Uh, I'm grateful that there are friends of mine that I grew up with that are listening as well and supporting me and you know who you are. We've talked on, we've talked on online and we talked on the phone and I thank you for supporting me. I really do. It means a lot. Y'all, if you're not on TikTok, get on there. That's where you'll see me more active on social media. And I do my episode drops with that and I take those videos and I go put them on Facebook and do the little, you know, marketing like that right go put it on my facebook page i've put it on tiktok and i spread it around i'm not active on every single social media platform all right even though i even though you go look me up i'm on twitter instagram facebook you know tiktok the big ones i don't do snapchat i don't do all these other social medias which i might need to i don't have a youtube channel this is it y'all this is where you're going to hear me you know i i made this podcast too because in the long form content because i'm a very long-winded and uh, just go out of left field ranty, you know, some bitch, right? I just I just go left field sometimes and I rant. So sorry about that. But I appreciate y'all taking the listen and, and hearing these stories. I really do. And I wanted to do it in a podcast format because uh, let's face it. If you ever see me in real life, I have the face for radio. <laughs> I know some of y'all are gonna no no you're not ugly you're not ugly look y'all I'm realistic in this day and age in this world all right I'm probably a four out of ten at best all right just flat out and that goes with the personality the swagger and the charm that I have on top of it so 
Oh, nothing like some self-deprecating humor, right? Anyway, uh, I love every single one of you. I appreciate what y'all been doing. I, I seeing it grow, and I hear y'all. I'm seeing y'all. If you haven't, you know, left a review, leave one. It does help the podcast. Whether it's good or bad, leave one. I'm gonna have polls and questions that I put up on these on these uh, on these episodes on Spotify. So if you're not listening on Spotify, you won't, probably won't see these questions. And you get to interact, and you get you know you get to say, well, hey, is somebody guilty? Are they innocent? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I get to see your answers. So I'd like to know that. I'd like to know what y'all think on these episodes. And if you don't want to do that, if you you know if you rather just be on Facebook and bitch about me or or, or compliment me, either way. Um, go on there, go on TikTok, let me know how I'm doing, it's fine, I appreciate any feedback than no feedback, right, because how do you grow, one thing I won't concede on y'all, and I'm sorry if it breaks your heart, for, I know I have some good loyal listeners though, because they've been listening, I'm not going to cut back on, on profanity, I'm sorry, what, what I talk about, if my profanity offends you, more than children being raped and molested. Um, I don't know what to tell you then. Because this is some highly emotional shit. And you're getting my reactions from it. You're getting what a normal, average, everyday, blue-collar worker feels about this. Right? What a man feels about this. A man who isn't an advocate. A man who isn't a sexual assault survivor. Just a regular Joe Blow man. And you know, it's pretty fucking heinous what these people have gone through. I cannot imagine the pain that they carry. But my heart breaks for them. And all I ever want to do when I talk to any of these people on my podcast is give them a hug and love them. That's it. Just love them. Because... In my honest opinion, that's what's going to help heal the world, right? Love. It takes people who are willing to die for that, that, that belief, to make it work, though, too. And I'm one of them son of a bitches. I'm one of them hard-headed knuckleheads that will die to help protect somebody. I have no doubt in my mind about that. And that's just all there is to it. If the other critiques are that I'm too bloodthirsty toward pedophiles, well then don't go check out my TikTok page is all I can tell you. Now, because of the way their algorithm works and everything like that, they're called Pietos, and that's what they are. Baby diddlers, diaper snipers, baby rapists, pedophiles, child molesters, chomos, however you want to call them, whatever you want to call them. Um, my honest opinion, don't deserve breath. Because those scars they put on children is heinous. You know, people that beat on their women, people that are, or people that beat on their spouses, just as fucking nasty and, and heinous in my opinion as well. And you've now got to see two different episodes of domestic violence. One where there is hope and one where it's like the where you get to see what it's like to see the horrible outcome that usually happens 
with females in domestic violence and what it was like for a daughter to grow up without their mother because some jackass couldn't take the fact that um, she was going to leave him to go back to her ex because it wasn't working out. You know, you y'all 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 listen to Nicole. Even her, even Craig, Nicole's father, even said that when when he when Craig was married to Stacy Stephanie, um, she was scared of guns. She was scared of firearms, y'all. I really think, honestly, what happened? Russell sat there and was drunk, hollering and screaming at 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 Stephanie, and shot off around to the wall. She ran. He ran after her. And then when he went into the bedroom, she was cornered like an animal and fought back. And either that or he tried to, you know, say he was going to kill her. And then she fought back either way and has a defensive posture in her left hand with the gunpowder residue. And she gets shot. She's dead. And I don't mean to be cold when I say that. This woman has been dead for 30 fucking years years and ain't nobody brought up on fucking charges this case stayed open this day this case stayed a fucking cold case you mean you mean to tell me sedona arizona police department couldn't solve a fucking a fucking homicide domestic uh violent situation really they couldn't fucking do that okay well guess what sedona police department you're gonna have to do your fucking jobs now because now you're going to have all these people riled up wanting to know why this woman never got any kind of justice, why nobody was brought up, and why the, why the autopsy showed up as a homicide and nobody was able to, to even do a proper investigation. Now, of course, look, flip side to all that, this is me at a podcast telling cops to do their job, right? Because I know that comment's going to come up eventually one day as well. What gives me the fucking right? Well, you know what? You had 30 fucking years to get your shit in order. I'm sorry. You know, your department had 30 years to get their shit together. And y'all didn't give a shit about this woman or her daughter or the life that, that was taken at an early age. All right? So, yeah. You're going to get a little fucking criticism. That doesn't mean we hate cops. That doesn't mean that all cops are bastards. That doesn't mean that all cops are corrupt pieces of shit. That just means that we want you to do the job that was put upon you. And that you took upon yourself to take. That's it. No way, shape, or form does Nikki or myself or anybody else hate police officers. You know, we don't, we don't generalize them in all one broad stroke. There are good cops out there, and I'm guaranteeing there's at least a good couple cops in that Sedona Police Department. There's got to be. Maybe there is and maybe there isn't. I don't know. But hopefully, justice can get done and be served. And uh, we can see a conclusion of this case one day. So do whatever it is you got to do. Push it out to the algorithms. Share it. Send it to a friend of yours. Maybe you know a truck driver. You know, truck drivers are trying to find shit to listen to all day long. I used to work 11 hours straight sometimes. 
You know, I, or I had a 14-hour day, and I, I didn't have jack shit to do when I was on the road. I'd listen to radio all the time, and it would be recycled every month. So after a week or so, I'd be bored as fuck. Guess what? Tell a truck driver you know in your life. He can listen to, he or she, I'm sorry, he or she can listen to, you know, damn near 49 episodes now. And probably more every Friday. Dropping an episode, y'all. So, put it out there. Let's see what happens. If you know any survivors in your life, tell them to contact me. Facebook or TikTok especially. I'm willing to help them any way I can. And let them share their story on here. Okay? Well, to all the survivors out there, I see you survivors. And I love you. To everyone else, protect all children, even if they're not your own. And the Bowman see, the Bowman never forget. I love y'all. Be safe. Bye.